0: Hello, and welcome to Sensory Overload. I'm Allie.
1: And I'm John.
0: Oh boy, we have made it to summer. That school year has technically been accomplished.
1: Yeah, Achievement (laughs) Unlocked or some shit.
0: Yeah, our daughter has culminated from elementary school, as they like to call it, the culmination ceremony, which sounds really like she's been through a gauntlet, which is true.
1: Which, yeah, it's not a lie.
0: It's like the outtake from Gladiator. culmination. So if you would like to write to us about your own culmination or any other matter, we're very happy to hear from you. Our email, get your pin or voice message or whatever ready, uh, sensory overload Podcast at gmail.com. It's pretty obvious, so you're welcome. I'm sorry it's not like, you know, the underlords underscore 716 the, or anything the interesting. The ministers
1: of pain slash 22.
0: The frustrated rents. <laughs> at Mac.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh,
1: it's been an interesting month. Uh, I mean, <laughs> if, if you're listening to this in the far-flung future, then you wouldn't know this, but this is our first like super late podcast. We're like two weeks late putting it out because uh, we put it off to the last minute because things were incredibly busy, and then Allie was sick. Well, first, Bethany was sick. Bethany got sick first. She brought home one of them viruses you get at school not the covid Uh, yeah spoiler alert
0: after many pcrs and rapids not covid
1: not covid but bethany got it first she walked around for two days around the house sniffling and sneezing a little bit mostly it was us just trying to get her to rest and then Allie got it and it knocked her on her ass and then i knew the clock was ticking because it's like whenever the first two of us in the house get it then the third one is not far behind and i was right because i got it and i was out for a week solid uh so before we get to uh our <laughs> our unfortunate experience uh this last uh, couple weeks uh we have a pro tip or a hack or whatever you want uh for Y'all out there who are maybe having uh, sleep issues with your youngins, we have talked about this in the past. And uh, though we have not hit the lows that we hit a few years ago, uh, recently our child has been, because Allie's been uh, out of the house more, our child has uh, taken it personally. And it it is... (laughs) To say
0: the least... Yeah. So she took to, she gets in these things sometimes where she gets stuck in something that's not the most positive behavior and most helpful behavior. So this time it was crying at bedtime, whether I'm there or not.
1: (laughs) Just weeping her. Just
0: weeping. And so um, one of my colleagues had been talking about how she um, does meditation with her son at bedtime. And uh, I was like, boy, that sounds healthy. Let's see if that'll work. And so we picked out some tried some different meditations and the kids stuff didn't, it was a little too exciting for her. She's like, Ooh, it's a frozen story. I will stay awake and talk about frozen, but we put an adult guided guided meditation just off Apple music. And, uh, she was just like, took right to it. As long as I'm like, literally I lay in bed with her for like 10 minutes and we kind of hug or whatever. We listen to the meditation. Maybe she's doing the actual meditation, but she's in a calm place And that's a great start. And she's been just falling asleep almost every night doing that. (laughs) So now the trick is we're trying to change it up so that it's not always just mommy. Because, again, you know, you don't want to get too stuck in things. And then if mommy has to work late or mommy's going out with friends or something like that, then it's like, oh, crap, you know. So we started changing that up last night. And then uh, tomorrow I go out with friends, so then Daddy'll do it. But we're just so happy that she has this thing that's been working for her. And it's nice for me too, because it's kind of like a little quick meditation towards the end of the day for me too. And what grown up couldn't use more of that? Yeah. So it was very very cute, and I'm so happy to see her going to sleep cozy and happy instead of, um, you know, crying herself uh, crying herself to, sleep. herself to sleep. So shout out to my friend and colleague Kim. For that, an um, intentional suggestion, just by telling us about what her she does with her son. So, thank you.
1: Uh, so, our uh, <laughs> our last couple weeks.
0: Yeah, we had a whole bunch of other stuff going on around that, and uh, I'm in the edit on my film, and B is finishing up was finishing up elementary school, and we had uh, a dramatic, disappointing iep are there any others right well i mean we used to talk Um, about how they
1: how they weren't disappointing in uh the latter half of the elementary school career they've been nothing but disappointing we had come out of the iep feeling like we had been fighting a lot like we were war ravaged and and
0: i felt like i came off as crazy mama
1: yeah we didn't yell but you know which has been done at these ieps and we have never done it but we spoke in harsh words not cuss words but just we we spoke harshly about what we thought was going on our lawyer uh called us up later that week and um and we were like kind of ready for him to to say oh well you know you you know it's you too said,
0: bad you kind of lost it there but you, we can recoup
1: you said some things and that's uh that's a too bad but whatever uh what he did <laughs> he came on the phone and he said can i just say first of all thank you so much for making your points, not yelling, not screaming, just saying what you have to say and not being combative and not making it personal, just saying what you had to say and saying it with, you know, intent, but not fighting with them. It makes me, it makes my job easier. And (laughs) the thing he said, and I don't want to get too specific, but he said, uh, you'll notice that the other lawyer is being very um, easy to work with. And I said, "That's his good day. <laughs> this is him being easy to work with." And he said, "I know, I know, but believe me, if you had seen some of these other IEPs and you know what he's and I mean, you know we've seen hints of him, but if you knew what he was like, then you would you know be shocked at how you know how uh, uh, easy he is at this moment." And I was like, "Well, you know." You take the compliments where you can get them, I guess. Uh,
0: that was pretty, yeah, it was pretty crazy. That was kind of
1: mind-blowing because, I mean, we said some things in that IEP. I Like, for example, I had toured my, you know, toured our daughter's uh, upcoming middle school, and I believe I said the words about, you know, not all the classes, but one of the classes I I believe I used the phrase, like a prison.
0: <laughs> so exciting. To
1: describe their school. <laughs>
0: Well, I mean, you know, word choice is important, John. So it's necessary to paint I, the picture.
1: I I don't regret saying it. No, I, I, I just I was proud of you. I you know
0: say it, say it. But it was it was two days. It it had been over over several meetings, and the last one was two days before her culmination. So it was that, and then the culmination was very loaded feeling because I wanted to just be happy for her, but I felt so much
1: um, resentment
0: rage rage
1: disappointment
0: flames on the side of my face (laughs) clue style sadness yeah it just it just felt like um everybody was talking about the they had the kids talk about their elementary experience and i was just like her elementary experience is such a small fraction of what all these kids got to experience and it just made me upset yeah and then hilariously she was like the ceremony was over and she's like, Let's go and I was like, Well, there's a lot of people to say goodbye to. Fuck I want to that. go. <laughs> she's like, I want to go. I want to go now. Well. So we made her say goodbye, like, you know, to her couple of teachers that she knew well and she had, you know. But it was like then we got home and I was like, We didn't even say goodbye to her gen ed teacher, to the print like nobody. She was just like, I wanna go now and we were like we're
1: well it's her day you're we maxed
0: out and it's your day so let's it go it was her
1: day and we we made a big deal out of like hey you're you know culminating from elementary school so you get to call the shots today and so yeah but it yeah there was a lot of loaded feelings that day especially after again a another iep and this iep was particularly uh painful for us most of, I mean, this is not their fault. It's just most of them are not going to be her teachers anymore. They're not going to be her therapists anymore. They're not going to be involved in her life anymore. This is them kicking the can down the road to, you know, middle school.
0: She had 19 goals this year, and she achieved four. So well, she met four.
1: She met, quote-unquote, four after some discussions during the IEP between the lawyers. I think we got down to one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think
1: she successfully got through one goal. Now... Part of this, in fairness to whoever, including us, um, part of this is she doesn't test well. Shocker of shockers.
0: So that's okay, according to them. It's okay if she's not great at, at evaluations, according to them, until they talk about her cognitive evaluations. And then that's their ticket out of jail. That's their ch- ticket to be able to like not expect much from her and to not push her and to not waste money on her, basically. And so that's the part where I'm like, oh, oh, hell no. <laughs> I just, it, I I had to, st- I had to work. Now, granted, I am a crier. I'm a big crier. Anybody that knows me, I'm a tears. But it's like, a tears? Is that a term? I'm a tears.
1: <laughs> I'm a tears, dude.
0: But it's Check like. my
1: shit out here. But These I, tears. But
0: I know when I need to be, when I'm not doing my creative work, I'm not with friends. Like, I understand I have to be a professional adult. But it's like. <laughs> I was having to work so hard to not cry in a school meeting, yeah. and I just think, you know, this. I feel like the school districts and the way that they've approached special ed have just still never understood the incredible emotional turmoil that they put parent, families through, including the kids, of course.
1: Yeah. Well, but the kids like, don't have to be part of that you know meeting, but they get to be part of everything else, so...
0: Yeah, and it's just it's just like they just they talk about our kids like they're part of a corporate negotiation. They they talk about them like it's a foregone conclusion what they're going to be able to do, and this is an elementary school kid that yeah. was to, uh, like her whole career they kept talking about her like this. It just feels like um, even the teachers and I believe. And all of their good intentions, a hundred percent. And I know they have worked their tookuses off for her, but it's still just this general feeling of, we know what we're dealing with here. This is as far as it's going to go, and we're going to obviously, you know, encourage her if she shows and you know,
1: if she natural, shows initiative. if she knows
0: shows natural motivation and initiative when she's autistic and an elementary school kid. How messed up is that? Like they don't they don't step away from it and think about how crazy that is
1: dude I was a good kid and I don't think you could have gotten me you know motivated and you know given the initiative that they need for you know this to be successful it's
0: it's like how brutal is life right like that you're seriously expected to already show that that young or fuck you yeah. like that's messed up and they and they get to do it legally speaking they still are allowed to do this so I think the big thing that I took from it is like as much as I'm going to keep fighting with lawyers and I'm going to keep going to 50 IEPs, and I, obviously I mean we, are going to go to do all of these things, it's just such a bigger issue. There's no avoiding like being much more heavily involved in the movement. And that's just like, a lot of that has been like, I've always been helpful, but it's always been like, I'm so exhausted. There's no time. There's no energy. And I don't know where I'm going to find it, but I'm going to fucking find it. <laughs> I am so sickened by the way that we that our kids are looked at and disregarded that it just makes me crazy.
1: I don't think it's ridiculous the things we ask for. I know that they're specific, but it's also like, well, this could only help everybody, right? If you learn how to deal with Bethany, I'm sure it could, you know, be kicked down to another kid someday. I'm sure it'll be useful figuring out, "Oh, hey, we chipped away at this using this and it worked." And yeah, but, you know, they're they're kind of kind of always a few steps behind it's like oh she's you know responding well to token boards it's like token boards wow that stuff we used when she was in preschool years younger (laughs) yeah it worked then but we moved on well it's it's almost like they
0: whenever things don't go well they just keep going back to the same you know five or ten things and you're like gosh this is there's a huge toolbox like we need to be trying other things and we you know I just don't understand why you have an individualized education plan when you're not actually required to follow it in any meaningful way. You're not actually required to change it when it's not working.
1: You're You're... not required to succeed with it.
0: Yeah. And yet they say lovely, infuriating things like, we just want her to be successful, which... Here's the little clue. If you're new on this journey, it's a bullshit line. It's so that they can be successful.
1: Well, success in this case means getting through the day without throwing a fit, which is not our definition of success. No. I mean I, I and I understand that our definitions vary coming from you know from us to the district. But the truth is, our definition of success is not whether she got through the day without incident, necessarily. Our definition is, did she learn anything? Did she get something that she didn't have before? Did she, you know, did she see something in a different way? Did she understand, you know, the lesson as it was given? Did she learn a new word, for crying out loud? Yeah. I mean, and, yeah. Yeah.
0: It's well. That's the thing. Is it's like they're they're, uh, they're, this is where the ableism really comes in. Is they they genuinely are like we can only expect so much at this point. We're gonna if her behavior just keeps being bad, we're gonna spend years and years just focusing on the behavior and not really noticing that she's completely fallen behind on her academics, and then we get to blame the cognitive tests on that.
1: We've spent the last year, especially during the you know the lockdown and and having to adjust to outside influence we've had to pick up a lot of balls and run with them and we've figured out our own tricks and we're like okay well it's not it's not rocket science it's you know make her read if she starts to get anxious Help her calm down, but make her read. You know, stay
0: in her spot. Stay in the spot. The amount of times that they would spend on breaks, on constantly like, okay, I guess we'll finish this tomorrow. And that, and again, this isn't even just like the teachers and stuff because obviously we appreciate them. I hope that's clear. But it's like that's the way that the district and the special education education like the education of the educators is about it's like clearly about making sure that it's like you have to get them calm and then you can hope to teach them but if you can't get them calm it's all over for them it's like are you kidding me like any other child i mean i used to volunteer in these classrooms and it's like any other kid that would throw a fit they would have to stay and work it out but because my kid's autistic, she gets taken out so many times that she falls behind and then gets thrown under the bus of like, well, I guess her behavior hasn't been good enough. Oh, well, well, that
1: on its own, I mean, we can we can and have debated the her behavior is getting in the way. We've debated that a lot with them, and it's and ultimately, it's like, well, there are other problem kids. Do you write them off too?
0: And the answer, I think, is uh yes, It's just so frustrating. So I think it's like we've been very upset. And but also trying to reflect because I never want to just be like, I mean, lately, maybe I do uh, <laughs> want to just sort of dwell on my rage. But it's like just swim in it, you know, soak it up. But <laughs> you well, don't really want to do that. You want to step away from, you know, um,
1: we wanted to. I mean, and try spec- to
0: think about what you can learn from it. You we know?
1: specifically were thinking about how can we turn this feeling that we're having? Because we know a lot of you are educators. We know a lot of you are providers. And, you know, many of you have commented that like, oh, I hadn't thought of it in that way before. So we were thinking, okay, how can we say it to somebody who's not in the family, who is not dealing with this at home on a daily basis? And one of the things that we sort of landed on was uh, the idea of this. I don't even know what you call it. The snowball effect. I don't know, but it's like the germ of something that that began for her in preschool and kindergarten and rolled all the way through now fifth grade seeds that you plant years in advance that lead sprout, to
0: this bigger problem.
1: Sprout differently. And for us, you know, we, you know, we've actually used this metaphor before. It's like, oh, well, you know, we gave her interventions and different therapies. And, though, and even though each one was difficult and she had you know, dozens or hundreds of individual issues with these different things that we were trying, each of them led to something. You know, eventually we were able to say, oh, she can go to the movies and sit for two hours or, oh, she can go out in public and, uh, you know, not have a a, a hissy fit, you know, just sitting at a restaurant, you know, things like that. I mean, it took us forever, but they paid off eventually because we kept working the problem.
0: And finding ways that worked for her, not just behave like us, behave like us.
1: Yes, because that well, A, that's that, not reasonable. Number one, that's not yeah, it's not reasonable to expect that out of her. And number two, it's hateful. Okay, it's sort of ableist. It's like, well, try and figure out the thing that will you know help her, you know, be happy and calm and not anxious. Sure, but you know, she doesn't. Why? Why does she have to fit the definition? Of everybody else.
0: In order to get the help she needs. That's, you know. the, that's the frustrating part. It's like, we're, we're fine. She doesn't need to be like everybody else. But she shouldn't be short-shifted for what she needs just because she's not like everybody else. Because nobody's like everybody else anyway. Like, this is ridiculous. The whole point of an education is that you, that you pay attention so all the kids are learning. And it's just like, they just... It just feels so much like they write her off, and I just and I feel terrible saying that or thinking it because I know how much they. I can't even imagine the amount of hours and patience that they put into this, and I feel like they're missing a really key ingredient that they're just not able to see. And they've been so trained to look at us as the sort of in denial emotional parents, and it's like, I we are the experts in Bethany, and you are the experts in education. You well, need to hear us.
1: And the thing that makes us rage the most is that. When they talk about her and her behavior issues, A they talk about it like we don't understand it. And it's like, yes, oh, we, yeah. we understand what it is. We've seen it and we see it at home. But the other point is we don't see it at home as much as you see it at school because we have figured out things that work. We have figured out ways to, you know, motivate her correctly, to, you know, get her to either want to do the thing that we're asking her to do, or if she doesn't want to do it. Or to, just
0: not feed into it. I we're mean, not, the amount yeah. of feeding into it that has happened is, like, insane. So, anyway, but uh, upon all of this reflection, one of the big things that I keep going back to is, like, I'm shocked by how much of a difference this made and now has become my number one piece of advice to other parents. And I've talked about this on, on another episode. I'm sure I must have. But I just want to say it again. <laughs> If your kid has behavior issues or has anything that requires them to be pulled out a lot when they're little, when they're in kindergarten, first grade, just keep pushing for them to keep them in the classroom. Keep pushing because the, all of those pullouts, you know what that adds up to? A whole bunch of loss of instructional time. Then over time, all that in loss of instructional time means, look at that, she's behind academically. And then they get to blame her autism for that. And then they get to say, "See, we can't really expect it. We're going to need to put her on this specialized curriculum because she can't keep up with all this other stuff." You know why? Because she wasn't in the fucking class, right? And she was not expected to complete the work. None of that stuff was pushed, and it tooks and it was so fast that before we knew it, that that had caused this big problem. And we were like, "Guys, you've now caused this big problem." And they're like, "No, it's because she's autistic and has bad behavior."
1: Well, and saying those things together it's like and she's autistic she's autistic and she has bad behavior it's like well again that's, why do you think that is that's not her problem
0: yeah also <laughs> yeah exactly that's on the adults to help her through it you don't get to just be like as if she's 40 and she just you know never got her shit together she's a little kid and i see it and i hear it from so many other parents where it's just like you know they're just expecting our kids to just act like many adults and it's messed up
1: Uh, One of the things that has grown over time from this little seed into this, you know, big problem is that when she was little, when she was younger, if she threw a fit in class, if she threw a big enough fit, they would remove her. And she is not, despite what they think, an idiot. So she figured out tantrum equals removal equals I don't have to do what they're asking.
0: Yep, and they would. And she would play them every time.
1: And she's well. She's figured it out. Every, I mean, honestly, it almost was a waste from a couple of years ago. You know, past a couple of years ago, uh, it was a waste to keep going to the same school. I think because she had just learned that as long as I throw a tantrum, then I I have a fifty fifty chance of getting out of work. I mean, yeah. they tried. She's
0: a kid, and she doesn't understand that she's screwing herself by acting that way because guess what it's our responsibility as adults to make that clear to her that's why you get educated as a kid you'll need skills as as you grow
1: so yeah so over the course of years she's never had to change her behavior because the stick is not bigger than the carrot the carrot being well i don't have to do something right now and that's been a big struggle for us i understand it's not easy i understand her behavioral issues and this was the big I mean during the IEP this is one of the things that like You know the other lawyer would say things to the effect of well She has disabilities and we're like Yes, we understand. She's got disabilities and she has behaviors. We've seen it all her life. We were there You know, we don't have to guess at what she, at what it looks like We know because we dealt with it and we dealt with it when she was littler and the tantrums were more insane and we figured out how to get past them. She doesn't tantrum at home that much, no. And it's gotten so rarefied. I mean, even since we started this podcast, she threw a little tantrum yesterday, and it was weird to experience because it was so. It was kind of out of nowhere, and it w- it went from zero to sixty, and
0: it was just whining, by the way. So there's that. Yeah.
1: yeah, I mean, she wasn't hitting. She I I could see that she wanted to. This is the best part for us. I could see she wanted to do some hitting right away, but she was like, I can't, I can't hit, I can't hit. There's trouble if I hit. And so she didn't. She knew that there was a limit. You know, it's she, she behaves at home. And we have to do homework and we have to have her do stuff and do chores and all this I mean, other mean, And crap. to be
0: fair, obviously, it's, high, it's, it's more intense at school. You're with a bunch of other kids. You have another, you have another level of work that you're having to do. So we sure. get that. We give, we give room on that. It's just, it's, it's the fact that, like, for example, the school district's attorney actually said to me point blank, she's never going to catch up. Like think about yes. that, how heinous is that for somebody to say who's supposed to be the representative of the whole school district, and everybody in that IEP let him say it. Yeah. Nobody said anything about it, and that's the thing. I understand that you guys must be under incredible you know pressure those of you who are educators who might be listening to this, but it is your responsibility to speak up for our kids, and if somebody in that meeting is saying something prejudicial like that, they need to be they mean you need to say something,
1: yeah. Well, that, I mean, for those who are like, well, she probably won't catch up. Well, she might not. I mean, and especially if she's with a group of people who don't expect her to and won't demand that she catch up. I think there was a time not too long ago when she might have been able to catch up more. Maybe she would have never been at grade level and maybe she never will. But there was a chance and there was a way to do it. And they chose not to do it. They specifically chose not to do it and here we are and she's not at grade level and who suffers for it certainly not them they get to write her off they get to you know release her into the wilds of middle school and they get and to they say
0: such a shame she's so highly impacted
1: yeah and fuck oh. you <laughs> well <Whoa. laughs> <laughs> she's she's such a delightful girl when she's you know not throwing a fit and it's like hey you know again you see more fits now than we do
0: And take guys, take the outside help. If you've got if you've got outside therapists, if you've got family members who are involved who are trying to help, let us come observe, talk to us, try our ideas. Like maybe they don't work, that's fair, but try them. Don't just try like every once in a while some little project that you take to the nines instead of like really looking fundamentally at big issues like does her one-on-one have instructional control? How much time does she have directly with her actual teachers going to teach her the lessons or how much attention is that teacher, is it divided? And the way the special ed classrooms are run these days, they are almost always supposed to be just support rooms, which translates into the teacher does not get to teach your kid all day. They are teaching a bunch of different kids at a bunch of different levels, both academic and, you know, ability wise in the same room. And meanwhile, you know, Jenny Neurotip in the other classroom gets a teacher that is devoted. Now, it's a lot more kids in the classroom, but gets a teacher that is teaching all of them at once. She gets the peers to be able to, like, learn from them, both the content and the way that you do school. That's uh, that's not reasonable. That is inequitable.
1: I just think back to the days when she was in kindergarten, and it started when she, like, the, her preschool was great. They challenged her. They, you know, there's her, this particular preschool is known for exactly that challenging them and, and getting them ready. And, and, and then when she got mm-hmm. to kindergarten, she had an old fashioned teacher who basically ignored her. Yeah. And,
0: and I and, was the room parent, by the way. She was ignored, and I was the room parent. So that tells you how, how, uh, systemic this how all is how deeply in. rooted this is
1: yeah she was disregarded because she wasn't gonna you know she wasn't up to what the other kids were doing socially but at that point she was almost ahead academically because she was
0: actually ahead of a lot of the kids she knew her sight words she knew all this stuff she knew how to do them like she just knew so much more than most of the kids in those classes in that class and yet she would throw a fit and they would just take her right out of there
1: yeah and and even when she was in there again disregarded because she wasn't neurotypical
0: like she's a pet like she's amusing
1: yeah and we just watched it i don't th- I, I mean honestly i have a bone to pick with that teacher in particular i think that's the worst teacher we've had but it set a very bad precedent yeah and maybe it's our fault too maybe there was something else we should have been doing i don't know we tried we tried to be there as much as we could and
0: We were super involved. But that's the thing is I think that there's like moments and I've been going through this with my work as well. I'm making my first thing, my first feature. And it's like you learn so much about the moments that you have to dig your heels in the sand. And then after that, it's so hard to come back from it if you don't. And I think the biggest thing that when it came to her education is like when you feel like they need to be pushing your kid and they're not, dig your heels in the sand. Call them every day. Go back to that regional center advice we would tell you guys. Call every day until you get what you need. This is they need to be trying this stuff more with our kids. And and again, all of this also comes under the umbrella of our schools are never going to be funded enough. They're never going to be given enough respect. The like curriculums are all going to be antiquated. And now it's getting worse with all of this awful, hateful stuff that they're putting in in places like uh, Florida or probably most places now. It's just it it's so there is a very big issue that we're all dealing with. But what you can control in your moment, apart from obviously contributing to that overall movement, which we should all be doing in some way, is, is just saying to your principal, to your kid's teacher, to everybody that works with them, you need to let her stay. Let them stay in the class. Let them stay. Find a way. And if you don't have the resources for it, then you can't claim that you have an individualized education plan. It's not reasonable. So that's our our uh advice slash rant, and on a much more positive story uh because we 'cause as is all of life, right pretty much when something is really awful and hard, there's often then just something really lovely and joyful that you get to experience, so we had that last night, so it's kind of good in a way that we got the uh you know the little delay here on recording but we took b to her first professional full-blown whoa boy concert last her night first
1: rock and or roll concert
0: and she was delighted and she only started being like i need to go home the last like five or ten minutes like girlfriend stayed up now she's 11 so you know but girlfriend stayed up until like 11 until like 10 30 without complaining or anything just kept jumping up and down screaming this is so exciting this is amazing I love this this is the best concert ever which is very cute because it's like her first real one she's been to like a Peppa Pig show she's been to like you know, um, a concert in the park that's very far away. You, but this really, is, you know, well, like those sorts the of first, things, which are lovely also. But
1: this is the first show where she gets to do the stuff that comes naturally to her. And it's part of the part of the game. Yeah. Most shows she's been to like movies or, you know, indoor plays or things like that. She's expected to sit and watch and perhaps applaud nicely or you know be
0: quiet that's her big concern she worries be about
1: being quiet but this one she was allowed to jump and yell and scream and party you know, be happy Dance. with wild abandon and nobody cared and it was lovely and, she and loved in fact
0: it. she got constant beams from people around us when we would like go to and from the bathroom there was especially this one lady who just kept like beaming at her and she, it's just like, people were responding to it. It was really sweet to see, because everybody was like, oh man, this is so joyful. And this particular concert was for um, our uh, beloved Bare Naked Ladies. And uh, John and I have been to see many, many shows of theirs. They're one of our favorite bands, and I hate to become that couple who says our favorite bands, but it is. And um, we had bought these tickets. I'd bought these tickets with the intention of this is gonna be her first real concert. Um, a few months before the pandemic. So it was scheduled for like June of 2020. So then we we had the option to refund or keep the tickets going. And we were like, we're just going to keep the ticket going. And it kept getting rescheduled. It got rescheduled like two more times before it was actually like okay now you get to go to the show so it was like there was also there's this like finish line feeling now i'm not one of those people who thinks that the pandemic is over but we have at least crossed enough of a finish line to where i wasn't terrified to go to an outdoor concert so that was that was incredible it was like and there was this feeling in the whole crowd and all the all the artists who were playing all the musicians kept referencing it like we know that you know We've all been waiting for the show. It wasn't just the audience. It was them, too. You know, they wanted to be doing this tour. They wanted to be doing these shows. Mm -hmm. And then they finally get to. And it was really, it it was wild. It was like kind of reminded me of like the day I found out that I was pregnant with B, which I will explain in a second. But it was like the kind of thing where you're just like, oh, wow, everybody is. It felt like everybody was celebrating my our daughter's victory here that she could do this and find a place that like fits the way that she likes to be and, and enjoy art and like get to take part in it and it was so moving and it, so it reminded me the day that i found out i was pregnant with bethany i was working at the la film festival and it turned out that was the night that the la lakers won the like sports ball championship <laughs>
1: Won the biggest sports ball championship of all time. I do
0: not knock sports fans. Good for you. I am a nerd, but in a different direction. So forgive me that I can't remember the name of the thing. But it was like they won the big thing. And so everybody around me was partying. It was the first night of the LA Film Festival. And the Lakers had like been victorious. And it was like, and we were pregnant. I was pregnant. And we had been so hard won. We had had a miscarriage before. It took us years to get even to that first pregnancy. So it was like, oh, my God, everybody. It just felt poetic, you know. And so this also felt the same way for me. I was like, oh, my God, how many times am I going to cry? Twice. I can't believe only twice. (laughs) That tells you how fun it was. We ran into some good friends we hadn't seen in person since before the pandemic. Um, It was just awesome. And so it was just like, yeah, there's always going to be some battlefront. And I think school will always be a battlefront and is so disappointing and and heart wrenching and worrying. But there's also all these lovely victories along the way too, where you get to see your kid enjoy herself more and feel more comfortable in the world. And like, it's just very moving. So it's been longer than one week since we were able to go to that concert, but now we were able to go and it made me feel like I had a million dollars. (laughs) some bare naked ladies jokes for you guys
1: this this ends now
0: (laughs) (laughs) okay thanks so much for listening and we appreciate you and we love you and why why does this sound sarcastic why do
1: you sound like you're lying
0: (laughs) it does right it sounds like i'm lip service like i just really appreciate you fans my fans you can email us at sensory overload podcast at gmail.com. You can also go to our nifty website, sensoryoverloadpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening, and remember, they'll never catch up.